Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 244 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we begrudgingly react to Nebraska's loss to Illinois and look forward to this Saturday's game against Fordham. We also hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals That's cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rudy with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402-770-3356. Justin, what this weekend boils down to is the reality that we are a volleyball school. Yeah. How about uh, that volleyball team? How about we change our name to the Husker Volleyball Fan Podcast? I mean, everybody likes to back a winner and... The fifth-rate Huskers beat Kansas State in four sets, and uh, I think they beat Colgate in three sets. I was always a crest man myself. (laughs) Some freshmen got in. You know, it's a dominant team. They know how to win. They know how to overcome adversity. They, you know, a lot of fun. He always used Gleam. He loved using Gleam. Isn't that from Arrested Development? The Gleam thing is that wasn't that the toothpaste? Oh man, I don't. Yeah, I don't that's a, that. probably a deep reference there, but it was like a weird product placement for a like a, a toothpaste that doesn't exist. <laughs> Googling it now. Oh boy. Glisten is a toothpaste used by George Blues. Glisten. Okay, Gleam must be real. Gleam is probably like a dollar store toothpaste. <laughs> and Glisten. Lindsay, whatever. I can still hear him now. Who left the cap off my bleeping Glisten? <laughs> oh. Oh, at least we're laughing um, here just moments into this podcast episode. Um, wow, Justin, this this weekend did not go as planned, I think, for, for many of us. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I kept thinking of an observation that I think I made a week or two or three ago, which was, and I, not, not alone in making this observation, but just felt the season could go so many different ways. And this is like, this game was a point in time where like all the eventualities sprung from and it was, you know, kind of felt like, like a multiverse type. Yeah. It was a nexus event. Yeah. Where you, you could see it going any which way. And, um, I had come to the confident belief. I try, I'm trying to be really sensible this year and not get too excited and be like, Oh, we're going to be 12 and oh, whatever. And so I think, I think we did a good job of being sober minded in our picks for the season. Um, but man, I still thought that we were going to do a lot better. And you know, realistically, truthfully, the defense did their job. Oh yeah, they did. Um, and the offense scored enough points to win, but for one, you know, horrible play and then some terrible special teams. So I mean, yeah, just just a really tough situation. And 
I, at this point in time, I totally appreciate that there are no easy victories in the Big Ten. And I totally appreciate a hard-fought, clean loss. Like, not that I want to lose, but I can appreciate a hard-fought loss where, you, you know, you're looking at um, great plays made by either side and think, oh, if you'd broken this tackle or, or, you know, this, that, and the other. What I'm tired of is looking back and saying, oh, if only we hadn't had that horrible strip sack, or, you know, strip scoop and score. If only there wasn't that abysmal pitch from the end zone. If only there wasn't that jaw-dropping all Big Ten kicker missed two extra points. I mean, those are things that make it hard to swallow. Yeah, yep. And it's another instance of you can blame some things on the officials, but a good team overcomes bad officiating. I've said that since day one of this podcast, and yeah, some things really derailed our team, but th- those kind of things cannot derail the entire game. And 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 that's that's the frustrating thing for me with this game is, um, you know, Scott Frost himself said it feels like it's the same movie playing out before his very eyes. And and I hate to say it, man, but in year four, I don't know if I blame the players. No, you can't blame the players. They're just doing what they've been told to do. I mean, I don't know what the coaching is for Cam Taylor Britt on a punt, or on a kickoff, rather, going down to the one-yard line. Oh, it was a punt. I mean, you got to know. You don't grab that when it's, you know, inside the 10 even, I think. Right. Uh, just just inexplicable. So I was there. Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that piece. Yeah. I'm still in the Chicagoland area. I'm going to stick around for work. And uh, so not only was it a crummy game to watch, but it was super hot. And they had us all Nebraska fans in the sunny spot. Um, yeah, just just really rough. I would say that for the most part, I had a good experience with champagne and – um, the fans, we kind of parked on the south side of the stadium way off to the east and walked in from from there and saw the guys from the Eyes on Big podcast. Oh, cool. Uh, by their, their tailgate, which was awesome, and like randomly saw um, a friend from my wife's childhood. Uh, we saw several friends uh, from Lincoln, one friend who had moved and we hadn't seen uh, for ages. It was great to see them at. Um, and so that was all really fun. Um, and then afterwards, we connected with some other friends, and we dropped them off downtown. They had been staying downtown. And so, like, you have the football stadium is on the south side of campus, and then it's just the country. And then north, you go into campus, and past, north, past campus is kind of like the downtown area, kind of like the O Street type area, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I would say when we were kind of in the student area, it was uh, not the same warm experience. <laughs> um, the comments were... I didn't hear many of them, but just talking to some friends who were there, like people are pretty rude. Students are pretty rude. <laughs> so well, they got um, two years of pent up aggression, yeah. and and also, I I hate to say it, but I do feel like there is still a sense from other schools that have been in the Big Ten for longer that they still need to show us who's boss. You know, they they still need to show us our place in the pecking order. I, I really don't understand. Like, I saw Colin Cowherd was like, see, Nebraska, it doesn't work to think you're in the 90s. It's like, 
We don't. Who the heck is that? We don't. What are you talking about? Did you see the way that the game was played? That was not 90s Husker football being played this weekend. I'm so tired of this misunderstanding that we are arrogant 90s focused. Like, we are, we've been so humble. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what more do you want from us? Like, clearly, Colin Cowherd doesn't know a thing about what's going on because he's just, it's, it's just we are a great way to get clicks. Is that that's what we are? Anyway, yeah. Back on the fans thing. One lady, one student walked up to my wife while I was parking, and she was like waiting in line at Chipotle, and she walked up and she's like, "Why are you here?" <laughs> and she was like, "I don't think she even said anything." Yeah, I probably like, would have ignored it too. What? Your wife probably did the the very best thing she could have done in that situation. <laughs> just like so that was anyway. this person doesn't deserve my breath. <laughs> seemed, seemed worth sharing on the podcast. Wow. Um, yeah, so I should have been like, I'm a child of the one true king. <laughs> That's why I'm here. What's your purpose? Flip it, flip it, and make it into like a evangelical encounter. Mm-hmm. You know, for all the times I've been on airplanes, I haven't converted anybody. I don't, I don't get what I'm doing wrong. So it just feels like every pastor's like, well, let me tell you a story about the last flight I was on. It's like, what, is that something I have to do when I travel? Like. Yeah. I have to like take Break take the location. earbuds out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want to talk to people. I just right. want to read my book and drink my free drink. And... I want to half watch something on my iPad and pretend I'm not obsessing about the flight going wrong because that's the way I fly. <laughs> I would say I'm a nervous uh, flyer, Justin. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, I would say all my time south of the stadium was great north of the stadium was not inside the stadium was pretty miserable we were roasting for the first half and then we finally moved to the uh uh shade for the second half nice kind of cozy little stadium not full a fair amount of nebraska fans um was with a, one of my college buddies who lived in chicago came down with us and he's not a huge uh college football fan and his whole exposure to college football really is coming out to a Nebraska game with us every year. And so he was just kind of like, why is this stadium so small? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're not all Memorial stadium in Lincoln. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Memorial stadium, people seem to be worked up about, is the street going to end this Saturday? Mm, yeah. I saw you. Uh... Do you have any thoughts about it? Cause I have my thoughts about it. Well, why don't you go ahead and share what you shared since you're already tweeted? Okay, my, yeah, my thought right now is who who cares? Who cares anymore? Like, if that's something you're holding on to anymore, like, that is the least of our worries. That The streak could have ended 10 years ago for all I care. I just want to see this team get better. Like, it's a distraction for people to be wringing their hands over that at this mm. point. We got bigger fish to fry. That's, that's a good point because, you know, realistically, that's probably something Trev Alberts is going to put some hours into this week. You know, do you, do you, A, as a new athletic director, you know, let it expire, let the streak die in your first home right. game and forever live with the, the shame? And there's always going to be, you know, a group of people who will never forgive you for that. And it might be that's true. For that. Or on the flip side. And that you know, you know, there's going to be people who, if that happens, they're going to be like, see, it's, it's UNO all over again. Yeah, he's coming for you. He's coming for you, wrestling. Or, you know, on the flip side, it seems pretty unlikely that those tickets are going to sell themselves. (laughs) You know, like, it's not only is it a really low division game that nobody cares about, but we just, you know, laid an egg on national TV on week zero when, um, you know, one of the very, very few games everybody's watching. 
you know, everybody was watching. Mm-hmm. And it was embarrassing. Um, so, you know, you either let it die and live with that shame or you, you know, prop it up. I feel like those are the two options and you're going to, people are going to be annoyed either way. Of course, I, they'll never admit that they prop it up and you and I aren't, can't prove that they propped it up, but it certainly will seem like that right, with all the single right. ticket packages available right now. Yeah, it just it just strikes me as I, I I know this might be anathema for me to bring this up, but part of me wonders: would it be a good thing? You know, it's it's the one last thing where maybe we need to hold the mirror up and look at what we really are right now, and we're, we're not a team that necessarily is selling out their stadium. Like I don't know. Like you said, we can't prove. Like that, but but uh, you know, well, I, where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, the thing about the, the sellout streak is like as disappointing as the team is, that's not a reflection of you and me. You know, we can't we can yeah. cheer loud and try to mess up, you know, the, the the opposing offense, but you and I really can't make that much of an impact on it. It's the one thing that Joe Blow, Nebraska fan, can contribute to. Mm-hmm. And so I think for that reason, you you keep it going and, and you try and start fundraising to shrink the South Stadium dramatically, quickly, you know, like renovate that. Uh, you, you know what they could do, which I would be all in support in support of eliminate some seats by making the seating a little bit wider. Well, sure, no, <laughs> the I think seating. that's no, I think that's a big definitely a part of it. I think you I, I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts like I really it was crystallized for me during the Akron rainout when I walked around the stadium during a game, like, you know, I've walked around the stadium during this event or that event, but on a day when it was pouring rain, I walked around the stadium and North, East, West, I mean, enclosed, nice updated bathrooms, uh, concessions are great. You know, air conditioning. Mm-hmm. you go to the South and you're just like an animal exposed to the rain in a cage. <laughs> and if you're up on the top row, I mean, you've got those, um, I don't know ramps that are massive, and it's just like not—it's not a 21st century stadium experience. So I think you—you right. you definitely can shrink those down, expand some seating, um, make people more comfortable, and make extend the sellout that way. It might take a few years yeah. to get there, unfortunately. Right, because we right. got this whole other project going. <laughs> you know, I remember. Well, I can't remember who said it. I can't remember if it was. It might have been Chris Hetty. Uh, made the observation on this show that one of the challenges of being a Nebraska fan and and watching a football game and a, like an embarrassing loss is is you can't just have a loss that's like oh man we just started the season 0 and 12 it's like everything is within the context of like the meta narrative of Husker football it's like oh my goodness we can't run power football like we did in the 90s and you know even this even this like five, 10 minute conversation you and I have, it's all about history, you know? Like we're frustrated mm-hmm. about how history is reflected on us and we're also tied to this. It, it's all a part of this bigger thing. And it's like, it's not just a loss. It's like Scott Frost, the favorite son who won the national championship looks bad now. And oh man, Tom must be so disappointed. And like, ugh, you hate to break his heart. And like, it's, it's, it's all just connected, which is part of what makes, I think being a Nebraska fan awesome is because it's so much bigger. Everything is so much bigger than one, one game, but then that's, that's just a weight that Adrian Martinez has to has to bear, and I'll tell you, I've I uh, I listened to all of his podcast episodes in the last couple of weeks, 
And he is so conscious of the fact that they haven't done as well as they would, as we would have liked them to. And it's like, you know, I think he's having fun and being a college student and playing football and having some success, but, and maybe if it's, he's at another school, I don't know. It just feels like he's not allowed to be happy about success that he has when he has it because mm-hmm. it's not good enough. So anyway, I, I was thinking about that observation yeah. today. Well, that actually leads into a question that my friend Danny had. Um, he sent me a text this afternoon and I said, that's a good question. Let's bring it up on the podcast. And so he's, he is waiting with bated breath to hear what we have to say about oh, okay. this. Um, he asked me, can you explain what it was about this loss to Illinois that is causing such an extreme reaction? Mm. I don't get how it's the lowest of the low or Frost's final death blow or whatever. It seems like an extreme reaction. Well, first of all, I don't think it's the lowest of the low or Frost's final death blow. It's game one of 12. So there is that. I mean, we all need to take a step back and recognize it's game one of 12. So first there's that. But the strong reaction is this is Frost's fourth season. His program has demonstrated some real weaknesses. There was a huge emphasis in this offseason about how they're going to address those weaknesses. And I'm talking primarily bad turnovers, poor special teams, and sloppy penalties and silly mistakes. I almost said stupid mistakes, but then I thought, no, we tell our kids, don't say stupid, that's mean. And so then I said silly (laughs) instead. Um, And leading into this season, there's been a lot of, you know, is it going to be good? And I think you and I and all of us have kind of convinced ourselves that the the way to feel about this season is that Frost has pivoted from his AAC roots. He's recruited different people. He's made some staffing changes. And so it's been really frustrating, but he's learning on the job and he's got a plan and things are going to trend in the right direction. And so I think this is so such an upsetting loss because – you know, you know what? We actually broke even on the turnover battle. We and on paper, it doesn't look like that big of a deal. We had one, they had one, which no interceptions. Which on paper, it's like, oh, well, that's not so bad. But <laughs> the one turnover was just an absolute backbreaker, an absolute, you know, the worst of worst self-inflicted wounds. At the end of the half, you're trying to score to, I think, tie the ball game. And because they're going to get it back in the next half. And not mm-hmm. only do you not, you know, eat up the clock and or scored, but you fumble it scrambling. And, you know, still, I don't know, it was kind of reckless, it seemed. And they return it for a touchdown. Um, and then, then they got the ball back and then they scored again. And, I, you know, we never we never caught up to that margin. So so there's the turnover issue. And you look at. Silly penalties. I don't. I haven't actually looked at the penalty number, but I think the one everybody's thinking about right now is the the game. Another game changing moment. We actually it was third and long, and we had major pressure on the quarterback. Got him into a tough situation. He throws an interception. Oh my gosh, we're gonna. This is it. We're on a roll. And oh wait, it's called back because Caleb Tanner, I guess, roughed the quarterback. Which I'll be curious to hear what they said about that on TV. It didn't look that bad on. And then he taunted. After he did that, so that was another fifteen. Oh, I didn't see the taunt. That was yeah. that's what the second fifteen. So thirty yards, score. So I should probably look at how many other penalties they were, and then special teams, which your all Big Ten kicker, the one bright spot from last year, misses two extra points, and one of your captains, we already talked about it, throw you know catches the the uh, the punt in the one yard line and stumbles back into the end zone where he takes any and throws it. So there was like two ways that it was actually a safety. Um, 
We did have, I think, four out of our six kickoffs were for touchbacks, so that's great. I think we covered well. But so to answer the original question, all of the weaknesses showed themselves. And yep. And there was I really want the game plan that Illinois had where they committed to the run and you know, short runs in the first half became long runs in the second half. They did it. We didn't. Now, some would say, well, we weren't moving them around. We weren't moving their DN, D, uh, D-line around, and that might be true. That was a strength of this unit. They return a lot of senior, like, I think, a ton, was it like 20? A ridiculous number of seniors because of COVID. And a lot of it was on the defensive front. So that was a strength. But still, I want to see commitment to that. I think we had, I saw um, really, sm- it's like 36 yards on, I don't know, five, 10 carries for step and like 11 yards on four carries for Ramir. And then Irvine, I can't remember, but it was, you know, single digit carries for small amount of yards. Um, And then people were really excited about the end of the year. Martinez finished with some accuracy. He was 50% and you just can't win like that. (laughs) We got, yeah, we got back to my in-laws house last night um, up here in Chicago and you know, my father-in-law, he, you know, he appreciates football. He likes good football and you know, obviously it's important to me. So they, they try to follow along, but his level of frustration is just trying to be a casual fan is like, you know, he, they just like kind of quit after that. He's like that Martinez, he just, he can't run and throw it. He just doesn't do it well. And he's got to set his feet, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, even to the casual fan who's like, you know, I'd be a Nebraska fan. Like we're not giving him any reason. So it's just um, for all those reasons, and more that I'm, I'm forgetting right now. It just feels like, I don't know, I feel like you and I are like sitting here talking in mid-season form with our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, that I think that that gets back to some of what Danny's asking about is people reacting as if this season has already gone down the tubes. Now, here's the thing. If things don't improve, if this team doesn't bounce back, you know, like if we see real struggles next week and the following week, uh, you know, against two teams that we should beat, um, that's going to be real cause for concern because we we cannot play the way we played yesterday against the teams we're playing towards the back half of this season. So I, I think that that's where some of the concern is. I think some people are already kind of raising the white flag because all of the things that we hoped would be fixed clearly during this game were not fixed. Um, So the question is, are they going to bounce back and are we going to see real improvement over the next few weeks? If we see real improvement over the next few weeks, I I think that there's still a lot that can go right this season, but um, they need to brush their teeth and forget about, the bad taste in their mouth that they've got from yesterday immediately. That And that's one more thing is this schedule is so tough. The first half of this season, aside from Oklahoma is when you got to get, you got to stack up the wins. And, you know, I, I picked seven and five, um, but this is one of them. And there's no, there's now no margin for error. If you, if you want a bowl game, which I think, I feel like Frost has to get a bowl game to have, to be able to demonstrate progress, something he hasn't done yeah. in yep. his first three years. He's got to have a bowl game. And so now, uh, with that whole like multiverse, I don't have you have you seen Community? Have you ever watched the the television show Community? I've watched. Uh, I've started it a few times. Haven't gotten too. So far there's an episode where they like 
talk about like the like many different directions like the day could go and there's all these mm -hmm. different branches that are randomized and there's like the darkest one where it's like people are like the there's a really popular gif where like donald glover walks in and the room's on fire and like right yeah. right yeah so it's like oh gosh we've just entered the dark darkest timeline where we have to fight for six and six mm -hmm. is what it feels like so yep and it's still possible well it's absolutely possible i mean it's again it's game one of 12 and there's a lot of talent and i'm yeah i'm 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 excited to see how we respond this coming week and the week after that because these are two must 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 wins <laughs> have to win yep and and folks sorry to disappoint but justin and i will not be discussing potential head coach hires yeah that's goofy. during this season. That's goofy. <laughs> it's just that's not who we are. That we've we've belabored this plenty of times. Like, uh, you know, maybe let's assess things at the end of the season if the darkest timeline continues to trend in the wrong direction. Uh, but we still have an entire season minus one game ahead of us. Um, there's a lot that this team can do to grow and hopefully overcome some adversity right here on week zero. You know, let's treat next week as week one because it is week one. You know, they still they can still make something of this season. Um, their destiny is in their hands and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves by discussing hypotheticals, um, especially because, you know, I, I think that there's a, you know, there's an entire other podcast that we can, you know, another episode that we could dedicate to just discussing the what ifs regarding coaching and blah, 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 blah. And it's all. It's all just you're wasting your breath. What's gonna happen is what's gonna happen. <laughs> here's here's a not hypothetical. The the Big Ten West not getting any easier. True that. Well, in addition to a, a text from a personal friend, we also uh, received a couple of text messages on our runs a reaction line for the first time. Uh, we also have voicemails, um, but I figure we we might as well respond or at least uh, feature some of these. Some of these text messages, um, and and I guess I'll just read through them, Justin, and then we can play the audio as well. Sure. All right, so first up, um, Caleb sent us a text saying, Sorry, I think it might be bad luck. I got accepted to UNL the day of the NCAA scandal, and now, today, I watch my first game as a Husker, and this happens. <laughs> so I, I sent him a follow-up text uh, just kind of saying, Hey, thanks for, thanks for the comment, and he actually added, yeah, I grew up as an Iowa State fan, so I know what it feels like to be bad. Nebraska will be back eventually. And don't forget, Iowa State lost to ULL last year and went on to the Fiesta Bowl. That's right. So that's a good point. I mean, like, that's exactly what we were just talking about. Like, sure, we got a bad loss. Let's let's forget about it. Short term, you know, what do they say? You have a bad short term memory, like focus on the next week, focus on the next task at hand. Forget the past. You can't change anything about that. Maybe learn from it, obviously, but like don't let it deter you from the goals you still have that are wide open in front of you. Well said. We also received a text from Nolan from the Cut to the Corn pod, one of the many fan-based Husker football podcasts that are out there. Um, he said this might be the most painful loss under Frost due to the lack of growth in the team. Where do we possibly go from here? What wins could semi-repair this season? Um, Justin, I'll start. The next two weeks, <laughs> those could start, start repairing the season. Start with what's in front of you, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
I still hold out hope. Could we punch Oklahoma in the mouth <laughs> and somehow, I mean, that would redeem this season. Maybe. Holy cow. Maybe. Holy cow. If they get it figured out over the next couple of weeks and they're firing on all cylinders and we beat Oklahoma, honestly, I don't care if we go to a bowl game. <laughs> I'd love to spoil their season. <laughs> that would uh, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. How about we get to these voicemails? Yeah, let's do it. First up, we have a, uh, a caller from last year. Hey, Mike. Hey, Justin. Um, it's Scott from last season, and I'm back again with my reactions to the football games. And as you can tell by the tone of my voice, and probably encapsulate the tone of all Husker Nation right now, what a giant nothing burger that was. Um, from the start, we had Cam Taylor Britt make a huge special teams mistake and cause a safety to happen, and Martinez with a crucial fumble, and it just all went downhill. Um, I'm proud of our boys for fighting back in the second half and getting rid of a 21-point deficit. But other than that, we just looked like a giant dumpster fire, just a big old dumpster fire, and it was just no fun to watch. Um, even with Taylor or Taylor, goodness gracious, what is up with everybody doing that? I blame everybody else for that Taylor Martinez, uh, mishap. Well, whatever. Taylor Martinez would probably be better off for us anyway. So with Adrian Martinez's 75 yard touchdown, I think what really, really, uh, set the tone was, well, I didn't feel anything when he did it. I just watched it happen. I was like, huh, look at that. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was it was hard to watch. It was a very hard game to watch, and this season is probably going to be another doozy. I don't know if our guys are going to galvanize from this. I really don't know. But that was just a big old disappointment, just a giant disappointment, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I had a seven and five prediction for the season for a final record and that's looking like a long shot at this point it hurts to be a husker fan right now it really does my heart hurts but we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes um yeah thank you you know that that observation about adrian's 75 yard touchdown run i i actually really empathize with that it was it felt like all game that's what he was trying to make happen. And you just can't win that way when you're going to go run for your life. I mean, that was all Luke tried to do. And I don't know. I I feel like Adrian had so much time, a lot of times, and still was inspiring. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> kind of what I thought when it happened was like, okay, great, we're back in the game. But now he's going to feel justified in running around like that. And he takes mm-hmm. really big hits when he's running. And also he fumbles it and he gets returned for a touchdown. So, you know, I'm grateful that he can – periodically scamper for 75 yards. And hopefully like having that one run on tape will cause defenders for the next 11 games to, you know, respect his ability and open some other things up, you know, hopefully we can use that. But um, yeah, it was just kind of, I felt kind of numb watching it. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. there he goes. Good. Yeah. I absolutely had this sense of, yeah, that's great, but we, we still got to score some more. Like, we it is premature to celebrate this. That's great. Now do the rest of the job. 
finished the rest of the job. And that was something that was just so infuriating for me at the end of the game was it was like they didn't realize that the clock was running out on that final drive, like that final scoring drive. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, why are you standing around? You got to score twice. What is it? And, and yeah. did, did you? I was really confused by the whole like fourth and one sneak that wasn't actually a fourth and one. Did, yeah, that was weird because even on television, the commentators, it didn't seem like they knew what was going on until it was fourth down because they started explaining. Actually, that that's QB sneak was first down. So this is fourth down now, everybody. This is it. And it was like, wait, what? Well, that's ex so, exactly. I mean, I was sitting. Uh, on that in that end zone on the side sideline area and it was showing fourth and one when they came up and so then I just like watched it and I thought oh good they got the first down and then yep. my buddy who I was with was like how'd you feel about that play call I was like oh yeah that's the right call I mean you you don't understand I mean he might look small but Adrian's like 6'2 210 pounds like he's a big guy like that's a great call and he's like oh okay he's like I don't think that was fourth down I was like no it was fourth down so we're like arguing about it and then all of a sudden it's, oh boy i was like wait why is it fourth down now it's third down he's like no that was so anyway these are the this is brought to you by the guys who gave you a uh roughing the quarterback and taunting yeah it makes me think of uh last season with tom brady saying it's fourth down when it was already fourth down you remember that i don't know if you saw that i mean i saw pictures of it but I... yeah yep sometimes people lose count in this situation I would say the officials did a poor job of communicating what down it was. but Clearly, I mean, they didn't have the, the sticks up to date. But anyway, yeah, uh, Scott called us almost immediately after the game yesterday, so you can hear it in the tone of his voice. He was feeling pretty deflated. Um, hang in there, Scott. Hopefully, um, hopefully after sleeping on it, you're kind of arriving at some of the same conclusions as us where things are, things are going to get better. You know, if they, they just got to execute the football. Right. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so next up is Nick from Idaho. Hey guys, Nick from Idaho here. Just wanted to share a couple of my thoughts on the game. Obviously, it didn't go the way any of us wanted it to, but I'm going to focus on the positives because I'm sure you're going to get plenty of negative thoughts. Uh, first of all, I want to think about the center game was a lot stronger than it was last year. You didn't see Adrian running around for the ball. Uh, for the first half, the defense looked very, very good. And I think if we can get the offense to be a little more productive, we can keep and keep the defense off the uh, floor or off the field a little bit more. We will uh, see a lot of promising factors. And lastly, the resilience of the team. Last year, if they would have fallen behind like that, you would have seen them give up. But they kept playing right up to the very end, kind of scoring that last touchdown, making the game a little less embarrassing. Either way, I'm a Husker fan for life. Already got my ticket spot for the Northwestern game, and go Big Red. Thanks again, Nick. Um, that might be our first uh, interaction with a fan from Idaho, so that's cool to know that uh, you know the borders of Husker Nation are ever expanding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I appreciate you uh, taking a positive spin there. Um, I will say. Um, it was kind of annoying for me when everybody on Twitter said bingo with the one wild snap that we had all game. Yeah, that that didn't look great. But overall, uh, I would say that the center play was not a liability <laughs> in this game the way that it's been, uh, you know, the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate the uh, 
the positive spin here, not spin, the positive reaction. There, there, there were some improvements, and uh, Fildarius Payne had a couple of sacks in the first half. We got, I mean, never want to see someone hurt, but the fact is we knocked the quarterback out of the game. Right. The starting quarterback. On a clean play. On a, On clean, a clean play. play. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, it really was exciting, and I, you know, I'd. Not the injury. Yeah, no, thank you. Just the, the defense. The defensive pressure, and it was <laughs> right, kind of what right. we had hoped to see from a new from all the returners and, you know, all this experience. And, and it really did feel like a lot of that fizzled after the, uh, the interception that turned into two personal fouls. Um, and then, you know, they come out in the second half and they had like an eight minute drive and it's just, it's just dispiriting nevertheless in the game. And, you know, like we already said, you, you know, you, you take away the nine points we gave them and the, and add in the ridiculous two points that we missed and we win. You know. Yep. So the the defense performed. I don't. I don't know. The defense did their job. They did, they did their job. Twenty one points. I mean, you want to hold. You want fewer, but I mean, 20, 21 points should win you a game. I think in the Big Ten. Yep. Agreed. Uh, last but not least, a uh, longtime listener and friend of the podcast, Michael. He gave us a call. Hello, this is Michael. I'm calling somewhere in the middle of South Dakota. Just got done fishing. Um. My thoughts on the game is this. Um, the defense did it extremely well. They are the only ones that actually kept us in the game and kept it close. Um, as always, the special teams have seemed to let us down. I can't believe you missed two extra field, extra points, you know, after kick, after the touchdown. And it's like, and then as always, it seems like the offense doesn't really make a spark or anything and uh, continues to let the team down. Well, I'm very not looking forward to what the rest of the season is looking for because it now looks like all the games are going to be a hard game to um, play, especially Oklahoma. I'm not seeing a very good outcome on that game. But as always, you know, I'm going to keep my tickets, support the Huskers, and as always, go Big Red. Bye. Justin, agree, disagree. Nebraska needs a dedicated special teams coach. I don't know. I <laughs> I tweeted that during the game. What kind of response did you get? Uh, a lot of likes. A lot of likes. It's I don't know. Not a lot of disagreement. I'm I, The Connor Cole thing is just it's just so bizarre. And all I mean, it's all always all these things are so bizarre, but an all Big Ten kicker. So the the Twitter handle arbitrary analytics uh, tweeted that last year in something like 583 football games there were six instances of a kicker missing two two kicks two PATs in the same game. That's how rare it is. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's really interesting that we've got a couple callers here talking about how they've got their tickets for games or they're, you know, they're kind yeah. of their tickets. So I mean. You know, that just really speaks to where this fan base's head is at. You know, there's Yeah. It's it's the big picture. It's always the big picture with Nebraskans. Say what you will, but I will I will die on the hill. Greatest fans in college football. This is this is kind of maybe a vain or silly thought, but as I'm sitting there watching our team, you know, lose to in front of a nearly you know half empty stadium i don't know quarter empty stadium tons of husker fans 
it's like, why can't like you win in proportion to the amount that your fan base cares? Like it's one thing to lose to like the Oklahoma's and the Ohio States of the world where they're, you know, a rabid fan base, the Alabama's of the world, but these guys, they don't care. I mean, yeah, you've got, you've definitely committed core, you know, friends with, with some. Um, so, you know, good for them, but it just doesn't mean it's not fair. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, I also, I saw someone tweeted something today about like the top five winningest teams in the common era, like the last 50, 50 years, basically since uh, college football was fully integrated. It's, mm-hmm. um, I think it was Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, probably Michigan, and us. And, wow. And uh, you look at where we are at compared to especially those first three. It must have been somebody else because this, he's, the person said all five of those are in the top five, or all four of those are in the top five, and then there's Nebraska. Hmm. Ouch. But at the end of the day, we soldier on. We ain't calling it quits on this season, and we ain't calling it quits on this podcast. No, we are not. Ultimately, we are in this for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. We will be back next week, hopefully, uh, having a spirited and lighthearted discussion about Nebraska's win over Fordham. Um, Let me change that from hopefully to certainly. Um, But before we uh, sign off, maybe we should talk a little bit about Fordham. Yeah, so um, not much to say about Fordham because it's week zero that we just finished up. So, you know, like nobody's played. Um, They played three games last year. Uh, Really not a lot to know their coaches in his – he's got three seasons under his belt. It's also his fourth season, and they are – eight and 18 under him. This is an FCS level opponent. So uh, you might, it might make you nervous to hear that's the same level as McNeese state. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I take some comfort that that they're three and 18 or eight and 18 rather. So, you know, this, this should be a win. Uh, The the team plays at home. It's home games at a 7,000 seat stadium. So, yeah, I mean, there's just not much, there's just not much to know. About this team, I expect, <laughs> so, I expect right. a victory. So with that in mind, what we're actually going to do is earlier this summer, Justin had a conversation with sports law lawyer and Fordham Law alumnus Dan Lust about the Fordham Rands. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're actually going to drop that interview in here in case you missed it over the summer, and it'll be a good primer on uh, just you know getting to know this team and, and what to expect, what type of team we're going to be playing this Saturday. We are thrilled to welcome back to the show Dan Lust. Dan is the co-host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast. He is sports law expert. Uh, he's been on TV and radio and podcasts all over the country talking about sports law. And for our purposes, he is a Fordham grad. So, Dan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Justin. I- I'm uh, happy to be back. I guess that means I uh, didn't mess up my last appearance too badly. No, that was great. I actually was just thinking about our last episode yesterday as texts from Ohio State administrators were um, uh, foia and released and it showed they were talking about doing some of the stuff Nebraska was doing and you know they don't they don't take the heat we take the heat but that's okay we're tough we can take it I guess uh, yeah Nebraska's not the bad guy after all I, I turns guess, out uh, I guess, 
truth, the truth yeah. uh, will set you free. Maybe, maybe even the hero. So, um, so like I uh, alluded to, you you went to law school at Fordham, and so we've got you here not to talk about sports law, but to talk about Fordham. Um, because I'll tell you, I don't know anything. I have the Fordham Rams football Wikipedia page pulled up here, and like everything I'm reading is new. So uh, first, I guess before we get into the team, tell tell me like, give me your uh, your Fordham pedigree. Like, how is it that you know so much? Like, tell us about yourself so that we can have more context here. Well, I think it's important, Justin. And listen, I think within a month of uh, Ted Carter uh, following me on Twitter, guess what was announced as the number one uh, number one game of the season? Obviously, the home opener it was my my alma mater, Fordham. So I'm an honorary Cornhusker, uh, but I graduated as a Fordham Ram. So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, well, pe- people think it, that I have some pull. I have absolutely no pull. It's a very very happy coincidence. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up in the Northeast. Um, and uh, where, where Fordham plays their games, it's called the Patriot League. I'm very familiar with all of these schools. Uh, I'm going to rattle them off. You'll, you'll know these more as basketball schools. Um, and, Justin, as you've told me, I was not aware of this prior to basketball season, but, but is it true that Nebraska has not won a college basketball game in the tournament? Is that accurate? That is accurate. We're, like, the only Power 5 team. It's, uh, it's a bad deal. It's time. I, I wooed – Creighton to a loss so I think I can woo yes. Nebraska to a win this year work your magic um, but uh yeah I mean Holy Cross Lafayette Bucknell Lehigh Colgate Fordham uh and Georgetown those are those are basketball schools uh yeah, yeah. Uh, Bucknell I think took down Kansas a couple years ago do we hate Kansas in Nebraska is that another place we hate you know it's a it's a different relationship you know when we were in the Big Ten they're kind of like they're kind of like a Nebraska football as you know, Kansas basketball, always great. What Nebraska football used to be always great. Uh, kind of the leader of the league. And so I don't know if hate it's like, they're just like the juggernaut that you could never get or could rarely get past. And now that we've been out of the conference for a while, I don't know that there's really any, you know, I don't, I don't speak for myself. And I think most people, I don't think there's hate would be the right word. Well, I'll, I'll get off my Nebraska bandwagon for a minute. And we didn't mention this. I, I told you it was okay to bring up. I'm, I'm wearing my Nebraska shirt. So I have to show as much as I'm supporting. Dan is sporting big red official. I, I see the, the the block end there, the iron end, Nebraska. You're looking good. Looks good on you. The red looks good. It's it's a good look. Um, but yeah, I, I guess, you know, as my, we'll get off my Nebraska bandwagon for a second. But as I, as I read the Twitter tense, I believe it's Iowa, Texas and Colorado in no particular order, but those are the big three that we hate. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I just need to know this. So now I'll inform you guys of, of Fordham and the history of Fordham. So, uh, you know, I, I made a joke that Nebraska has, I think, five uh, players that went to the you know, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, but then there's an argument of quantity versus quality. Uh, Fordham's most famous alumni in the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a guy that you might have heard of named Vince Lombardi, who actually uh. passed the Fordham. So, in the 40s, um, Fordham was a football powerhouse pre-World War I. They played in the Cotton Bowl. They were one of these big powerhouses. And then, uh, you know, then they kind of cut back on scholarships. Uh, as of today, Fordham only gives out, uh, I think it's 60 scholarships right around there. So they don't have that many scholarship players. There's a rigorous uh, academic, uh, you know, test you got to get in. You have to have the right grade. So it's, it's tough. You know, uh, there's no real comparison between the quality of talent that uh, Fordham can get versus in Nebraska. Um, that said, right, like wh- who is who is Nebraska, you know, playing, they're playing Fordham uh, there. You know, I want to give them, you know, appropriately valued. Right. This is a school in the past three years. I think it's important. Uh, 2018, 
they went two and nine overall Fordham. Uh, in 2019, they went four and eight. Uh, and then in 2020, uh, you know, when everyone was dealing with COVID and whatnot, the Patriot League uh, took a different route than um, obviously the Big Ten did. Patriot League canceled fall football, and they had an abbreviated spring schedule that was really supposed to be uh, four games. Um, and it ended up only being three games in the regular season, and they played a playoff game. And they went essentially two and one in the regular season, and then they won uh, – or they sorry, they lost in the first round uh, of their playoffs to South Carolina. Oh, wow. So, Kind of like a throwaway year. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's fair to say that Fordham, uh, you know, I want to be realistic, is kind of a middle middle of the pack type Patriot League school. And playing uh, playing Nebraska, um, you know, is a very, very big step up for them. Yeah. So they are. So they're FC, FCS level. So they're not, they're in a lower division. Um, and it sounds like they aren't, they're not like the cream of the crop of the, of their division either. So, I mean, this is, this is a mismatch. It is. I mean, well, like, let's if we just say it by paper. And I didn't tell you how many games were in this abbreviated spring schedule. You know, they qualified for the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs. They had the Patriot League's automatic bid, but they really went two and one in the regular season. Yeah. A little bit of a small sample size. But I think the easiest way to, you know, let's let's talk about the pros, right? The pros to Fordham, what they're coming in with. Um, let's talk about 2019s, 2020 abbreviated years. Not really that, you know, comparison. They return 18 of 22 starters um, from their 2019 team. So it's a veteran team. It's an older team. It's a uh -huh. team that has consistently uh, led the Patriot League in their air raid attack. Okay. Uh, obviously an abbreviated year. Uh, senior quarterback, four-year starter, Tim DeMorat, threw uh, for about 350 yards a game. Uh, he's got a little bit of wheels to him. Uh, so they have, a, they have one of the most uh, potent uh, atta uh, passing attacks in the Patriot League. And when it comes to DeMorat, He's throwing uh, completing 72% of his passes. And obviously, if you know, thrown for 350 yards a game, you're among the national leaders uh, in the FCS. So I think he was second overall in the FCS at 72% uh, completion percentage. And 350 yards a game, you know, he's, he's got a competent air rate attack. And they're returning eight starters on defense, 10 on offense. So it's a veteran savvy team. So listen, Justin, if you're going to the betting window, I think this is a team that's very prideful and they're not going to get blown out of the stadium. I, I wouldn't think so. Maybe maybe it's kind of close in the first half, kind of thing. Maybe it's a cover. Maybe it's a cover on a, in a very bloated spread. Let's let's put it yeah. that way. Yeah, I'm looking at the future non-conference opponents, and they do play Florida Atlantic this coming year. They go to Ohio in 2020 and Buffalo in 2023, Bowling Green 2024. So they do have some Division One games. I mean, they're going to get paid handsomely for for coming out. Um, so I I. I went to law school in Nebraska and, and I had season tickets through that for my wife and I to the football games and went, went to all those. Um, when you were at Fordham law, like was the football team on your radar? Yes. Yeah, so th this part is going to be a little foreign to, to Nebraska, I guess, is the law school on the same campus as the underground? So we have a city campus and we have an, uh, what we call East campus. East campus is where like the ag stuff is traditionally, but then there's also the law schools over there and, um, and the dental school, but it's more of like the ag campus and they're not terribly far. It's like a five minute drive between the two campuses. So, you know, city campuses in a more urban area, East campus is still in the city of Lincoln. Um, it's a little bit greener. So you could essentially say they're connected. They're pretty darn close. So Fordham, it's, it's odd. I mean, Fordham, like, you know, you go on their website and they say they have a bunch of acres of you know grass in the middle in the heart of New York city. 
kind of half true, half not true. They have three, they have three different campuses. So they have the Bronx campus, which is, you know, uh, toward the Northern part of, the, of New York city. Um, I went to school at the law school, which is in Manhattan. It's not oh. Bronx, Manhattan, that close. Maybe if there was no traffic and you can't do a straight line, you could do it in close to 10 minutes, but it's by no means walking distance. And then they have a campus close to where I grew up. I grew up um, outside of the city where there was less concrete, more grass, which is why, uh, you know, people say uh, you're from New York city. Like I'm like, no, I'm outside. Mm. And they have a separate Florida as a separate campus. That's in uh, where I'm from Westchester County. So yeah, it, I, I would say uh, it would be odd for a group of law students to go to the games, but you know, I'm, I'm obviously following the team. They've never been that good uh, as far as I've been following them, but Fordham, uh, baseball has been pretty good. I know Fordham, Nebraska, or sorry, Nebraska baseball is also uh, on a nice run. Not Big Ten champs. I follow all, all the uh, all my Nebraska followers. They let me know that Big Ten baseball. You guys we're were unranked into the season, yeah. and now you leave as a champ. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. We just got to carry that over into football, into basketball. Yeah. It's a it's a winning mentality. I mean, Nebraska Nebraskans like we like. Football is the focus, but I think a lot of people are like me where like whatever season it is, like we care about that. And it's been harder to care about basketball because they've been so bad, but you know, they've had some runs. Not I've actually heard that Nebraska's a volleyball school and I've heard that. For well, that is supporters. Yeah. They are. I mean, they're, they're the cream of the crap right now. They are you know, national champion contenders every year. So that's uh, hopefully the bas- baseball is getting to that level maybe. And the football team can follow and basketball Team, you know, we can dream. Good to team. Chamberlain, Alex Gordon. I, I, uh, you know, I obviously, I'm not a Yankees fan. I'm actually a San Francisco Giants fan. But Java Chamberlain, uh, there was a period of time where he was going to assume the role of Mariano Rivera in New York at the back of the bullpen. And obviously, things since went awry for Java. I think he had some crazy trampoline accident. But Alex Gordon had a hell of a career. I think he just he recently hung it up. But Alex Gordon had a hell yeah. of a career. For Royals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, there's some there's some greatness there. Um, and we were we were going back and forth about if there's any chance you could come out to Lincoln for this game, but sounds like it's not in the cards. Um, well, you know this, and I'm, you know I, I put a lot of stuff on social that my wife gets mad at me about. But we're we're expecting uh, our second uh, uh, our second child happens to be a girl, and right at the end of July. So, you know, we're moving into a house. We got a lot of stuff going on. My wife goes, you know, I said, can we go down to Nebraska? You know, my my friend Justin said he maybe possibly could pull some favors and get me some tickets. Yeah. Yeah. If you are going, you are going alone. Um, so it's not, it's not out of the cards, but um, oh. I just, it wasn't like, I mean, I meant to tell you this Fordham has not played a power five school in about 60 years. Um, so I, it's, it doesn't happen that often. I get the home opener in Lincoln. So oh, man. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, well, first of all, congratulations uh, on the, the pending birth of your second child. That's really exciting. And uh, I totally understand how that takes precedence over a football game. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm wagering on this game. Like, I think here's the really interesting ethical question as lawyers, right? We take uh, Justin, you t- is the MPRE, I think that's a national exam, yeah. right? The, yeah. I, yeah, we had to take it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't, I got to root for Fordham in some sense. That's where I got my diploma from, but I have been voted by the lovely people on Twitter and honorary corners group. And so I said, how do I bet this game? I mean, I, I can't, I obviously can't root for a, a hundred to nothing score. I think, I mean, you can be the judge on this. I think if I bet Fordham to cover, I, I think I'm not doing anything wrong here. Uh, well, what's the line? I haven't seen it. Well, I mean, let's say I have a fictitious line of 42 and a half. I made that up. 42 and a half. Okay. Uh, to cover. 
I would say, you know, maybe depends on how the previous game goes. If we beat Illinois, um, that's a really big, you know, game zero, week zero game. If we beat the, beat Illinois, we'll feel pretty good. And, you know, maybe we see more backups. And so maybe Fordham covers. If we lose to Illinois, I suspect Nebraska takes some rage out on poor Fordham. Um, and they, you do not cover. Wait, can we talk even, about one even with 42, 42, that's a lot of points. Can we, can we talk about one thing that you, you and I went back and forth on? There was some crazy Fordham alum that wrote in to uh, one of the, the local Lincoln papers and said it was a travesty that yeah. Nebraska was playing Fordham. Like, well, I don't know what Fordham fan would, would view that as a travesty. Like, so, I mean, this, 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 uh, you know, I guess Fordham fans, you know, know this Nebraska fans, you know, this was not an open game on Fordham's schedule. They were supposed to play Central Connecticut State, you know, oh. a team that they had lost to two years prior. So it was, oh. I don't know, maybe, a, maybe an L and maybe an L to a weaker opponent. I mean, why not take an L and also get paid a chunk of change, right? I think it's 500 grand that, that Nebraska's yeah. going to go for Fordham. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're a Fordham fan and you graduated from Fordham and you're saying it's a shame for your – I think this person was an alma mater or lived in Lincoln and then also went to Fordham – yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Listen, I I know that Nebraska recently legalized sports betting. Is cannabis legal in, in Nebraska? Because this guy is smoking something. It's a crazy, crazy. <laughs> Not yet. It, there was a so it's interesting. Very conservative legislature, and there's been multiple bills for multiple years. They keep failing, although they get closer. And we had a ballot initiative to legalize marijuana, and it was pretty restrictive, and it passed. So it went to the ballot or. It, we have, so we have a single cam, uh, unicameral. We don't have a bicameral system in only state that's like that. And so we talk about the uh, ballot initiatives being the second uh, body, so to speak. So if, you're, if you can't get something through the legislature, you go to a ballot initiative, you get it on the ballot. So we got all the signatures, it was on the ballot, it passed. And then uh, some, uh, some sheriff funded by unknown sources, probably the governor, because he's uber rich, um, because of his family, um, funded a lawsuit. And they said, well, it's not specific enough, so it doesn't meet the Nebraska Constitution standard for what can be on the ballot. And it got thrown out after it got like 60% passage rate. So then they had another law in this system, or this legislative session, that if passed would have legalized marijuana in the state of Nebraska, but it would have been the most restrictive state for what's legal. Um, and, and then the gal who had brought the ballot initiative last time said, we're going to have a one sentence ballot initiative. It's going to be extremely specific. It's going to be wide open. So pass this law and have the most restrictive legal marijuana system in this, in the country or don't, and it's going to be the wild west and it failed. So by two votes, legislators, at least. I mean, listen, I, I, maybe they messed up. And I don't really have a position on cannabis. If people want to legalize it, they want to legalize it, it's fine. I do have a position on paying college athletes, as you and I have spoke about. Yeah. Nebraska's ahead of that. They're one of a handful of states that have passed uh, name image likeness legislation. And then I think it was yesterday where they were just signed into law that sports betting is coming to Nebraska. So credit to Nebraska on two levels. Sports betting, long overdue, paying college athletes. Listen, it's going to give all of these states a massive recruiting edge. If the NCAA can't get their act together and the federal government can't get their act together, you know what? Uh, I follow, I follow, uh, you know, uh, and, and the more I, want, I don't shout out names because I don't, you know, I follow a lot of Nebraska uh, pundits who talk about recruiting and, and different four-star athletes, transfer portal, but let's get Nebraska some more four-star players, right? Let's get, let's get the transfer portal. Let's funnel them over to Lincoln. How about that? Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know why I just went into that extended treatise. Oh, I love it. You know okay. I thought, well, that's why I thought you'd appreciate it. 
Um, how did I even get on that? Oh, you were saying he was smoking something. Yeah, I, I don't know. That was just a whiner. I mean, you get a one someone with a minority opinion, and I guess you get it published in the Journal Star on the op-ed page, whatever. Um, so, I'm, well, I appreciate you bringing that up and that you figure he's crazy because that was like you know I had to defend Fordham in that because I you know and you know me as a, an old school wrestling fan I said not all Fordham fans are jabronis because that guy is clearly a jabroni. I, I connect with your uh, what it was like for you to go to law school and not really go to the football games. I went to a small liberal arts school and I was actually in a pep band um, for undergrad. And I remember like, I don't want to play. I want to put listen to the Nebraska game. Why am I doing this? I don't care. Uh, I want to root for the team that I care about. So that was, um, you know, just because you go to a school doesn't make you a diehard. There's well, I, other, I, other just so you know, I'm not a complete lunatic. I went to a small liberal arts school in New York, uh, in upstate New York, which no one in Nebraska will have ever heard of. It's called Union College. If you're a hockey fan, you will have heard of it. They're the Division One national hockey champions, even though they're a school, if you can believe this, Justin, that has 2,200 students in the student body, won the Division oh, wow. National Hockey Championship. So uh, wow. my parents both went there, uh, and I go to all the hockey games up and down the state. So, you know, I follow – I think I'm more uh, closely aligned with my college, but I'm not like you. I'm not like a Nebraska-Nebraska guy. I went to Union, and I went to a different school. So you know, my allegiances are kind of all – San Francisco Giants, my allegiances are everywhere. Yeah. And Nebraska. In Nebraska, I mean that's my call. I mean, you've got you've got the you've got the shirt. Well, uh, gosh, I I don't know if there's anything left to say. So you're you're picking Fordham to cover if the spread's really big, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting to hear that they played four games this last year. And um, so their head coach, I'm seeing here on Wikipedia, this is my amazing research. Uh, John Conlin, he's been there for three seasons, so he's got an eight and eighteen record. Um, it. Uh, it sounds like an easy win, and the question is by how much? That's See, here's, if, I, if we're just recapping all the fun facts and figures I gave you, it, the, I guess the main thing, if I was just kind of coming to the game, uh, you know, anew, Tim DeMora, it's a four-year starter. He was the reigning uh, Patriot League player, offensive player of the year. Uh, he was the Fordham's team MVP. They actually also have a guy, at linebacker, Ryan Greenhagen, who was the uh, reigning defensive player of the year in the Patriot League. So although their previous history in 2018, 2019 makes it seem like they're at the bottom of the Patriot League, I don't know, they have a really experienced roster and coming back with both the offensive and defensive player of the year uh, in the conference. So it's a prideful team. It's an experienced team. I don't know if you're, if you're a betting man, it's not crazy that they would cover. Uh, it's yeah. Like a, well, especially know. if it's a 42 point cover. I don't know. I made that up. Don't quote me on that. No, no, I know. I know. I know. It's a hypothetical. Maybe listen to this podcast and they're going to make it much less. It's very possible. I... I'm not a betting expert by any stretch of the imagination. So um, I'm here betting on the New York Liberty at 70 to one. So you can, you can trust me on my betting. Page. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, over the night, it's just with a couple minutes left. Are there any, uh, what are the sports issues, sports law issues you're talking about? I, mean, I know you've been tweeting about Deshaun Watson a lot. That's been crazy. What's, what's, what's the latest in the sports law world? Yeah, I think probably, you know, for following one main story that we keep touching on, I mean, we, you and I spoke a little bit about name, image, and likeness. I think that's the one. Uh, we're probably going to get a decision on NCA versus Alston. That was the Supreme Court case there. Oh, yeah. At the end of March. We're going to get a re- likely decision on that by the uh, by sometime in mid-June, so a couple weeks. But, yeah, on Deshaun Watson, I mean, I kept people that are asking me, I have people that, uh, you know, that are in Philly, that are in, uh, you know, Wisconsin. I get these DMs. Do you think that Watson is going to get suspended? And will a team trade for him? So, you know, uh, what, what came out this week, uh, at least if you if you want to get in the weeds of, of these case developments, 
uh, a case scheduling order came out that Deshaun Watson can't be deposed. I guess his attorneys wanted him uh, to not deal with any of the headache of this lawsuit and not sit for a deposition until after the Super Bowl. Uh, and that's, I guess, about a week and a half after the Super Bowl. So wow. that was done very purposely. His lawyers basically said, I don't want this circus of a deposition to occur during the season. Let's put it after the season. No, good and bad. This is going to literally hang over for the entire season. Any team that trades for him, let's say he does play the 2021 season, which I think he's going to at least miss a portion of it. Um, you know, it's not, there's going to be no resolution and no, nothing on the books until the following year. So you trade for him, you know, you're going to have to sit and wait to see what punishment is. Uh, and I, I personally still, you know, um, I believe eight victims at this point have spoke. Um, I think it's, there've been 12 interviews total between the NFL and the um, Houston or the Harris County Police Department. So these victims are speaking with the NFL, they're speaking with the, with the, the district attorney's office. Um, you know, this is the beginning of an investigation. So yeah, I, I, I haven't ruled out the criminal charges are going to come. I don't think you and I have spoke about it on the show, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the short, you have, 20 different women who are allegedly have no connection to one another. Um, you know, by, by the NFL's old standard, like, I don't know, these women don't have anything to do with each other. The NFL's bar to suspend someone is very, very low. To be put on the commissioner's exempt list doesn't require any type of criminal court finding. It doesn't require any type of civil adjudication. It literally just requires something that's kind of akin to credible evidence. 20 different people who have no connection are all saying similar allegations. It's pretty credible. I mean, it's a pretty low bar. And then, you know, uh, you know, in criminal cases, you have 20 different accusers who, again, have no allegations to one another. More often than not, that results in criminal charges. So uh, my prediction here is that there is no trade uh, until there is announcement of, of criminal charges. And if, if I'm a betting man, uh, which, Justin, you know I am, I probably made three or four betting references too many on this podcast already. Um, I do think criminal charges are going to come. I'm, I'm happy to be wrong because I don't want to see the guy's career, uh, you know, thrown out if, if uh you know, it's not really valid charges, but I do think these are the, this is the type of case uh, when you have quantity, there usually are criminal charges. Awesome. Well, thanks for that rundown. That it's been interesting to follow. I mean, it's been I feel like you've been talking about that on different make, doing different spots on different shows a lot on that. Um, so he's uh, at Sports Law Lust on Twitter. Dan Lust, co-host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast, and. Friend of the show, excited to have you back here. Been looking for an excuse to talk to you again, so this was a good one. So, Justin, I know I know you know this. Uh, I spoke to Nebraska uh, Law School. I gave a presentation back in March. Uh, I've spoken to a number of uh, law schools and law students over the past year and a half or so. So the good news, the big news, uh, I was actually hired recently by a New York-based uh, law school. It's actually called New York Law School to be their uh, sitting sports law professor. And I got a call from the dean today that my class has uh, that full capacity, that 60 oh, students good. have signed up for my class. So Professor Sports Law Lust is in the house. That's awesome. I Thank you for bringing that up. I've been meaning to congratulate you on that. I know we've exchanged some messages. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. And uh, there sounds like there's demand for what you're what you're teaching. So now we just need to get you um, in. Shocking. Yeah, well, if we can get you out here as a visiting professor, maybe for maybe that's uh, the reason to get you out here for that football game. I may or may not have DM Ted Carter and uh, extended the invite that I would be uh, Nebraska's guest of honor. He did not respond, but he does oh. follow me. So, you know, I, I don't think, and he didn't unfollow me after I said that. So that's, that's positive. Wow. Keep, well, we'll keep working all the ankles, see what we can do. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Dan. Hey, it was great talking to you. Yes. Always a pleasure, Justin. Happy to jump on anytime. All right. Go Big Red. 
thanks, Dan, for joining us on the podcast uh, you know, twice with the same interview. That's really efficient. <laughs> right. So do you have a score prediction for this game, Justin? I don't know. I mean, I'd, I could just come up with something, maybe like maybe like the same score I had predicted for today. Like, <laughs> I was thinking about doing the same thing. <laughs> what, what was it, like 31 to 14 maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Should we just, I'll just carry mine forward. All right, let's do the same. I'll, I'll stick with it too. We're going to carry our predictions forward. Mike, last week I predicted 31 to 14. You predicted 34 to 21. Eh, I'd, I'd like to think that we can hold them to fewer points than that, but yeah. I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. <laughs> yeah, you you could lower that. You want to okay, go 13 th- and a, box me out? Okay, thir- 31 20. <laughs> You're still going to go in the 20s? 31 19. <laughs> No way, I don't want to do that because that implies a safety somewhere, doesn't it? So, yeah, let's do 31-17. Are you sure that's what you want? You keep going there. There you go. I'm sticking with 31-17. $1. No, 31-17. And I'm 31-14. Perfect. So I was saying earlier, we did, there's just nothing to go on. So there also, there's also no SP Plus data to share because right. it was um, week zero. So nothing to add here on that front. Do you have anything good happen this weekend, Justin? Uh, well, spent time with my in-laws up here in Chicago and saw nice. a college friend and reconnected with a bunch of really good friends down in Champaign. Got to see a new Big Ten stadium that I'd never been to, so that's always fun. Yeah. Um, went swimming with my kids. That was fun. So, you know, there's some good stuff. Yeah. Man shall not live on Husker football alone. Right, right. Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up because, you know, I spent some, spent a lot of time with family yesterday. Got to babysit my nephews. I showed them Back to the Future 2 for Ooh. the first time because about a month ago I showed them Back to the Future 1. So mm. obviously the goal, or rather the end game here, is in the coming weeks we're actually going to watch the third one together. Um, I found it a lot easier to explain the first movie to <laughs> my my nephews, the, the second one. Um, I got I got the seven year old close enough when he started asking like, so are they like in another dimension? And I was like, yes, exactly, and they need to find this book so that they can fix everything and go back to the real world. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's about as far as I'm gonna get it with this kid. But I think the third one's gonna be enjoyed by both of them because all that is is we need to make this car go fast. Uh, what if we put it in front of a train? <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the third movie. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, you know, I got to spend a lot of time with family yesterday and then ended up babysitting my nephews, went out and I rode my bike today. I've got a new mountain bike a few weeks ago and I've been enjoying that. Um, so folks, just remember, take care of yourself, get some, get some sunshine, um, spend some time outside, breathe some fresh air, um, spend time with people you care about, give them a hug and, uh, you know, we're going to get through this. We're we're gonna we're gonna watch Nebraska win a football game this Saturday, and it's gonna it's gonna just correct a lot of our bleh feelings that we're having right now. It's gonna get better. I can feel it. Mike, if you were the only person standing between um, a sellout streak ending or it continuing, like would you buy that ticket? Of course, heartbeat. Yeah, I mean I. If if I was the la- if I was the only one you know if I had that opportunity, it was like Justin. If you buy this ticket, it will continue, and if you don't, it won't. I mean, I would do that. Sure. 
I take kid that money out of my kid's college fund if I needed to for that. Oh gosh, I don't, eh, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe Just some kidding. boundaries, Justin. Honey, I didn't say that. I was a joke. <laughs> All right, man. I think we're there. Okay. Well, I'm excited for the home opener. Yeah. Memorial Stadium is going to have fans watching football for the first time since November 2019, at least in an official capacity. Right, yeah. More than just parents. Right. Crazy. Cray-cray, as the kids say. Do they say that? I don't know. I just... I don't... I don't know. Uh, I've been out of the youth pastor game for two years now. Like, for all I know, like... uh, They're like aliens to me now, so... They probably kind of were then too, right? Uh, but I felt like I had my finger on the pulse of like what kids were. They were your doing and what they were into. Yeah, yeah. That's actually funny you say that because there there were times where like when I was with my students, everything was fine. But then like I'd go to like Shields and there'd be like little clusters of teenagers, and I'd be just like, oh my gosh, kids are annoying. And I'm like, wait, are my kids annoying? Uh, well, they're my annoying kids, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably annoying with them, but yeah, they can. They're all like in college, and it's crazy to think they grow up. God, I don't know if I don't believe I have any. Oh, I do have. I do have students with children now. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds oh. wild. Anyway. Well, on that note, here's to family. Go big red, Mike. Live, laugh, love, Justin. Live, laugh, love, and go big red. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.